Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line, it's Steve Summers. We're talking with Anne Marie Walker from the Discovery Center, the Director of Marketing. Good morning, Anne Marie. How are you? I am good, Steve. How are you? Very, very good. Well, it's summertime in the city, and we start to think about our chillins at home. And boy, we like to go to the Discovery Center. Are you open during the whole COVID 19 thing? We are not open to our visitors. Um, of course, we have to wait on um, guidelines from the state and local health departments. Uh, sounds like we'll be able to open in phase four. So it sounds like that's going to be July. Um, and that's what we're that's what we're shooting for to open to the public in July. Uh, but until then, are you offering these very cool discoveries to go activity kits? Tell me more about that. Sure, sure. We've got a couple things going on that folks can can utilize. Um, one would be those discoveries discoveries to go curbside kits. So what we've done is taken um, some items from our gift shop that um, are very popular and have kind of a science bend to them. And then we're putting those together in little kits and making those available for online ordering and curbside pickup. So if folks are interested in those, we've got um, pictures and descriptions of, of all the different um, activity bundles on our website. Um, so they can go to discoverycentermuseum.org and um, click on, uh, it, it will be under our gift shop. Okay. Uh, and I think actually there's a link on our homepage that they can go to take a look at those things. And prices range from, I think, around 15 to $30, um, depending on the, on the items. They'll have different themes. So I would encourage people to check those out if you want some fun things for kids. Um, and, and a lot of them have a little bit of a science component to it as well, so they can be learning a little something while they're, while they're having fun. Um, and for folks where maybe money is, is more tight, we've got a lot of online resources that we're offering at no cost. Um, so we've been really busy creating videos of um, science activities people can do at home with things that they probably already have at home. Um, we've got some science demonstrations on there. Uh, we've got lots of art activities. Again, utilizing things that you probably already have at home. Um, and we've got some story times for little ones. So lots of things that people can can access at no charge. It goes with the always learning theme as well as, hey, if it's a birthday party, you used to go to the Discovery Center. Now you can get these discoveries to go curbside kits and use them for birthday parties. You sure can. And actually, speaking of birthday parties, um, we do have a little something special for kiddos that um, either were planning to have a birthday party here at Discovery Center or even if you weren't planning to have one here um, and you're just looking for something to make it a little bit more special, um, we've got a short video that our staff did um, wishing kids a happy birthday. And if people reach out to us, um, email our gift shop manager, and that email address um, is on our website, uh, give us the name of your child and their age. Um, she'll send them a special um, happy birthday message and email and then link to that little video. So it's just kind of a fun little way to, to make the day a little more special when, when things are uh, birthday parties are looking so different these days. We are talking to Anne Marie Walker, the Director of Marketing for the Discovery Center Museum, not only about their Discoveries to Go curbside kits, which are available at discoverycentermuseum.org, the gift shop. But tell us a little bit more about July and August because, well, it's summer camp time, and uh, you have some packages put together for that? Yeah, we do. Um, we did cancel our camps for June, um, but we are planning again, you know, pending... Um, we still hit that phase four in July, like the governor is um, 
is is predicting, and it looks like that's what our you know health departments are saying as well, um, that we will be offering on-site camp in July and August. So kiddos can come here to Discovery Center, um, and we've got we've got mini camps for kids ages three to six, and those are three days a week uh, for about an hour and a half each. Um, but then we also have for ages seven to twelve full uh, full day and half day um, week long camp options. Um, on a variety of topics. So we've got everything from um, nature's fury, so studying tsunamis and volcanoes and lightning, um, to rescue readiness and response. So what happens after you have a disaster and um, preparing their own readiness kits and survival skills and, and some fun things like that. Chemistry, we've got a whole week of uh, chemistry if kids are interested in that. We've got a mini medical school and they'll be doing some dissecting and lots of other fun things. Um, and then for kids who just like to build things and take them apart and invent things, um, we've got camps just for, just for them as well. And, again, those are both half-day and full-day options. We are taking a lot of special protocols with our camps, um, as, as we rightly should, and we are limiting the capacity. So I think for our 7- to 12-year-olds, I think we've got a cap of eight kids on that. Um, so I would say if folks are interested in those camps, they should probably, you know, hop on our website and um, and take a look and get registered just to make sure they're they're holding a spot for those. Sure. And these, I believe for our mini camps for our three to six year olds, that's a six well, person. Well, my question was the Discovery Center mini camps would they be held indoors or outdoors? Well, we've got a special classroom um, called our Tot Spot classroom, so those those would be held there, and that. That actually has a door to the outside, so we're going to be doing as many things as possible outside. So there'll be some indoor components and some outdoor components. Face. And the same thing with the camps for the older kids as well. Um, right. There's a there's a door right out of their special classrooms to the outside, and we'll be doing a lot of things um, outside as well. Have you been instructed what Phase 4 would include as far as indoor-outdoor requirements yet? Uh, well, I think the state is actually still working on those. I, I can tell you that... Um, we will um, do temperature checks um, of all the campers and, and, and are looking at doing that when we just open the regular museum to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be mask requirements. Not sure what those ages will be yet. We're awaiting guidance um, from health folks on that. Um, and we'll have, we'll have limited capacity when we do open to the public. Um, We'll only be taking a fraction of the number that we usually do, and we'll just be doing it through online reservations. So what you'll probably see is you'll make a reservation online. It'll probably be for a two-hour window, mm-hmm. um, and then you'll come to the museum. You'll have your two hours. Uh, then you'll leave. We'll do deep cleaning, and then you know the next wave of people for a two-hour time segment will come in. Um, and have their time in the museum. So we'll be doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we just want to make sure that we're we're not only following the the state and local guidelines, but we're we're doing you know whatever we can above and beyond that to make sure that um, we're sanitizing everything and we're keeping we're keeping everybody as safe as as can be. That was my question about sanitizing the Discovery Center Museum. You have so many items that must be quite the challenge to clean that. Yeah, I mean we're going to be reducing some of the some of the items in there, some of the exhibits, just to make bigger um, walkway areas. Right. Um, but um, and and we'll be constantly, you know, we'll be sanitizing while people are there. But then certainly when we have those times in between when we're uh, letting folks in, we'll be doing you know lots more deep cleaning. So 
um, you'll be, you'll be, uh, we were already held ourselves to higher standards um, than, than even CDC guidelines um, on normal days, um, but we'll certainly be doing even more. Um, so the, the camps for no kids, uh, parents are not allowed, is it just kids or parents and kids together as we go back? Oh, the camps are for children. Just for children. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can sign up for those at discoverycentermuseum.org as well? That's right. All right. So all your questions can be answered about Discovery Center Museum and the Discovery Center for the summer because, you know, it's it's time to start thinking about what to do with the kiddos. And Discovery Center is following all the guidelines. Anne-Marie, please keep us up to date on not only the Discoveries to Go curbside kits, but also the status of the camps. And space is limited, so it's best to sign up earlier than later. That's right. That's right. All right. Discovery Centers, Discovery Center Museum. Org. That is the place to go. Thank you so much for your time today, and uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. The Rockford Park District will be featured next on This Week in the State Line. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book. Take a walk. Unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September. Paint a self-portrait. Catch up on a TV series. Do a puzzle. Remember. We should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This weekend, the state line rolls on. I'm Steve Summers, joined by Laura Gibbs-Green, the communications manager for the Rockford Park District. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Steve. How are you? Excellent. Beautiful weather in the state line. People want to go check out all the facilities at the Park District now this weekend. You're going to be busy. You know, that we love hearing the words reopening, and that's really what we get to talk about now. So as we now are in phase three, we obviously have a lot more things that are uh, available to the community to be able to use because we've gotten the okay from the state of Illinois as well as the Winnebago County Health Department. So we've been following all the guidelines and rules there, and we've got a lot more amenities that have been opened over these last, uh, you know, couple of days and weeks now. We've got a couple more things that are going to stay closed until we move into phase four, so hang on tight there, but you've Basketball courts are back open. Uh, we've got disc golf that's open. We've got our golf courses, obviously, that the restrictions have changed a bit. And you can have uh, foursomes now and threesomes playing. And cart restrictions have been uh, eased as well. So that's beautiful. Uh, Lockwood Park recently just opened. And they're opened on weekends. A phenomenal facility if you've never been there. It is Amazing. I can't wait to go back and see it. It's been so long. I miss it. <laughs> I was going to say, you're usually there in the fall for a lot of the activities that go on in the fall months. And so, yep. uh, you know, as we've had some time, more time to even prep and plan, I think a lot of other things have, have changed and maybe some new looks and some new ways of, of doing things, especially in this COVID world. But we still have a lot of opportunities for family to enjoy and do it safely. That's the biggest thing is that we want everybody to know we have done a lot of thinking. We've done a lot of planning. We've met with a lot of different agencies, the health department. Everything is being worked through and then some to make sure that everybody stays safe at our facilities. And so you'll notice that. And that's something to, to just be uh, mindful of, too. We hope that you come to our facilities, too, you know, with your hand sanitizer and your masks and you're staying socially distant and you're keeping six feet apart and we can all still play and have fun. That's amazing how we all miss what we have taken for granted. I think that's the one thing we're all going to take away from this is like, you know, we can do things now again. It's like, wow, I really took that for granted. It was always there. But when it wasn't, we missed it. You know, we hear that a lot. Um, we've heard that a lot to these last couple of months. We closed the park district kind of <laughs> officially on March 13th. And, and since then, we've we've really heard from our community to say, man, I really miss playing hockey. And oh, my gosh, are you going to? 
are you going to be able to have camps this summer? And, and what, you know, what can I, when can I do what I love to do? And, and so, uh, you know, it's exciting to be able to talk about the fact that hockey's starting back up again and some skating starting and flag football is going to begin and track and summer camps. We are going to be able to be able to uh, have summer camps this, this summer. And we're going to be able to have our playground programs as well. And I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but with Rockford Park District employees, are you able to bring some of them back as well with all these openings? We are continuing to evaluate kind of staffing levels as needed. And like I think I told you before, you know, a lot of us um, were chipping in in different areas and helping to make sure our operations like golf could open. And so we're going to start to bring back more of our team members. Yes, and some of these additional needs are uh, reopening, which is great, and we're very excited to be able to to have that uh, opportunity for the community, you know, to enjoy yeah. and for our team members to obviously we we miss, yeah, we miss not, each other. <laughs> that's not only great news for the park district; it's great news for the community. It's great news for those who are waiting to go back to work too. So that's all good, which is awesome. It's going to be different, you know. Let, let's be honest; it will be a little bit of a difference in the summertime feel. You know, we aren't going to be operating pools and. Some of the things that we may normally have going on, we're going to have to, um, you know, take a pass on this summer, like the big concert series that Music in the Park isn't going to happen and our Sounds of Summer concert series isn't able to happen this summer because of such large large crowds. We just can't have that. Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that back up. Uh, The other point I wanted to bring up is in this world, we have COVID and now we have uh, racism and the Rockford Park District Board of Commissioners had a great meeting regarding the district stance on racism and injustice. And I thought I would give you a platform to tell the community what was decided. Yeah, we um, as a park district took a stance uh, a little while ago on racism and injustice, too. You know, we're we're an agency that believes recreation is for all. We're here to serve all our citizens, and all does mean all. And so we want to, um, you know, we've taken a commitment to ensuring, you know, really the right of every citizen. We want them to experience equality, and we want them to live free from discrimination. And so our Board of Commissioners the other night also just kind of took a stance as well and issued a proclamation of support against racism and, you know, saying that, that we as a park district stand against racism. You know, black lives do matter to us, and and we're standing with those that are raising their voices right now and, and condemning racism and inequality. And, you know, we, we've, we are finding unique and different ways, and we're, we're helping to support uh, those in this trying time right now, too. And one way that we thought we could kind of make a bigger statement, so to speak, on this is, is by utilizing kind of one of the busiest and most visible facilities that we have, Nicholas Conservatory and Gardens. Um, it's been all aglow throughout the holidays, and of course during this graduation period, a lot of times we've been lighting it for special uh, graduations to, uh, to take pictures there. And so we thought, you know, let's let's do a blackout. Um, so we're going to do something that we've never done before. Nicholas Conservatory is pretty much going to do a blackout on June 19th. Um, that means the marquee is not going to be lit. The, any extraditional lights aren't going to be on. It's, it's just going to be dark, and you know, it's it's our way to kind of make a symbolic gesture and, and show that we're condemning racism and inequality. And, and really, this is a significant date for so many uh, black Americans, too, as it's uh, Juneteenth. So we thought this would kind of be a nice tie. And, and in Nicholas Conservatory and Gardens is a very visible location, and so we want to make sure that um, we could do something a little extra in regards to, uh, in addition to the proclamation. And June 19th, as you said, Juneteenth. I did not know until I saw your press release that's Freedom Day, which is also the effective end of slavery in the United States. I had no idea until I saw that today. Yeah, and the Park District has been a part of, usually there is a Juneteenth celebration that Tommy Meeks puts on, and, and it's usually a Mississippi music shell, and unfortunately this year with COVID, that's not going to be able to happen either. So uh, this is just another way that we can be a part of 
that Freedom Day as well and, uh, you know, support somebody in the community that are still trying to do something uh, special on that day uh, as a is greatly deserved. We all can learn. We can all open our eyes and ears and, and take something away from every conversation we have and apply it to our lives. And this could be one as well. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, things are opening and changing constantly in our community. Also with the Rockford Park District, please feel free to reach out anytime and let us know what's happening. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody that uh, is playing it safe this summer and continue to follow us at the rockfordparkdistrict.org for updates and the latest information. And We're going to continue to reopen as we can and bring things kind of back to life. Absolutely. Rockfordparkdistrict.org for the latest. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Laura Gibbs-Green, Communications Manager with your Rockford Park District. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara is next. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to chat with Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. A busy, busy week. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on again. Well, busy week. Let's start off with the governor's appearance in Rockford. That had to be, uh, I guess, educational, informative, and uh, probably eye-opening, too, for a lot of people, correct? Sure, yeah. He uh, he came in again. Uh, he visited uh, the YMCA child care uh, facility over off of Rockton Avenue, uh-huh. and he was there to announce uh, $270 million for child care facilities uh, throughout the state of Illinois. Which is awesome. And did you have a chance to talk to him about different phases of Rockford and where we stand with our businesses? So we, uh, there wasn't tons of time just being up front with you, Steve, but uh, we're in constant communication about either uh, our concerns or support of different initiatives with the governor's office. Uh, you know, as we move forward, uh, I, I made no bones about it. I was pretty public. I thought uh, we could get indoor restaurant uh, as an option, uh, indoor dining, I should say, and restaurants as an option. And that was one that uh, the governor's office just did not agree with. But I understand we might be going to a different phase by the end of June, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, as of, I believe it's June 28th, we would move into phase four, and that would certainly allow indoor dining uh, and allow gatherings of up to 50. So then would that include the restaurants? Yeah, indoor dining. Yep. Indoor dining. But do you have capacity, or is it like wide open again? Or So I don't know if they've actually come out with an official uh, percent. Uh, as of yet. Well, I know a lot of restaurants are waiting feverishly for that announcement because they're ready to go. I'm amazed, and I'm sure you are too, about the creativity of the restaurants using outdoor spaces. They've done a phenomenal job, and I I think, you know, uh, they're certainly creative. Um, I mean, we know we have some of the best restaurants around in the city of Rockford, and they're the best restaurants because they have tremendous leadership and owners who are always trying to think innovatively and creatively of how they can better serve citizens. And these are unprecedented times for them and for our entire community, and they just continually impress. Uh, And you can go from the far east side to the far west side to look at ways that different businesses have stepped up to uh, innovatively serve residents, and it's been good to see. And I'm happy that they're starting to get more income coming in. 
And we got great weather, which is helping everybody out. It certainly is. Uh, every time it rains, you get a little sad just because, unfortunately, right now they can't have that dine-in option. And so uh, we've been fortunate with uh, much of the good weather. So any latest uh, updates on COVID-19 in the state line in Winnebago County and Rockford? So it's, I, I just want citizens to know it, it, COVID is certainly still uh, alive and well in our community, and we need to certainly exercise caution uh, when it comes to uh, how we address it. And some of those basic things still uh, hold true. Uh, number one, uh, please uh, make sure that you're washing your hands. Uh, you know, now we are at uh, over 75 deaths. We are at over 2,600 confirmed cases. Uh, and so I, I get people will say, well, 75 deaths, that's still a really low percentage of Rockford residents. It is. It certainly is, but uh, this is a disease when you uh, and a virus when you talk to medical professionals who are on the uh, COVID floors of our hospital and working with these patients that they'll tell you firsthand you do not want and you want to take those simple steps to help you avoid uh, contracting this virus uh, as much as you can. Yeah, it may not be the front and center of all the newscasts and word on the streets, but it's still available. It's still out there, and you still can catch it. It certainly is, and uh, one thing I would like to make uh, all residents aware of, uh, if you have symptoms or you do not have symptoms, you can go and get tested uh, right now in the city of Rockford free of charge. And you can do that at the University of Illinois School of Medicine on Parkview, or you can do that uh, with the partnership with Crusader Clinic over at Auburn High School. I was going to ask you, they're still open, correct? And that'll be indefinitely until you announce that they're closed? They will certainly still be open uh, indefinitely at this point. Uh, and again, anyone can go there. It uh, doesn't cost you anything. You do, At this point, you don't need to even have any symptoms to go and get tested. Which you don't have to be sick. You can just go right now. If I said I wanted to go, I could just drive in there and get tested. Yes, sir. Okay, great. That's good to know because a lot of people feel that you have to be sick or you have to be showing signs before you get tested, but it's open to anyone. Yeah, so that, it, that is newer. Uh, I mean, at the beginning when there was tremendously limited testing uh, throughout the country in Illinois and here in Rockford, Yes, we were holding it to those people who did have symptoms of COVID, but now anyone can go uh, and get tested. Right. Excellent news. Now, moving on to the next headlines that have seemed to be affecting all of us, uh, Black Lives Matter. You came out with a list of initiatives that you're going to be working on for the city, which puts us in the right direction for conversation about racism in our city. Yeah. These First and foremost, these are initial steps. There's going to be several others. Uh, And second, we all have to understand that Rockford isn't the place we want it to be if it's not the place that supports everyone in our community. And right now we know uh, when you look at the statistics, uh, we have tremendous room for improvement. And quite honestly, we have a need for some structural changes to ensure that specifically uh, black Rockford residents have every opportunity to succeed uh, and that we can root out racism from our community. And your initiatives, your outlines uh, was about conversation and community talking to each other. Yeah, so some is conversation, some is action, and then, uh, so I'll just go through them. First and foremost, uh, when I became mayor, we had about uh, less than 20, 25 uh, dash cams in our police vehicles. So uh, since becoming mayor, uh, we have ensured that uh, every one of our police vehicles have dash cams. 
uh, our natural progression to that would be body cameras. Body cameras, we just put, uh, we're, our staff is working on a request for information to be sent out to businesses, and that'll be hitting the streets within the next 10 days, and then that'll be out on the streets uh, for 30 days for businesses to respond to us. And then uh, council and staff will review that and put out an RFP uh, to purchase, uh, to get proposals to purchase body cams for our officers. Uh, second is I did sign on to my brother's Keeper Alliance uh, pledge that will allow us to review our use of force policies, and we're going to do so by engaging uh, a diverse array of citizens in our community. We're going to be using the Community Relations Commission. We actually did the first change to our human rights ordinance in over 30 years, just one year ago. Uh, <coughs> so this commission will review that use of force, then they'll report back to the community and get feedback from the community. Then from that feedback, we will have council vote on any changes we need for our use of force. The last thing that we did uh, uh, thus far is we've set up uh, listening sessions uh, led by a number of uh, black leaders in our community. These listening sessions, uh, I think many people in the community say, hey, talk, uh, we've been talking for years. They're right, we have. But I don't think we've been listening for years. Uh, and that's unfortunate, but that's something we need to change as, as a city, and that starts with me. And so uh, we are going to be doing these listening sessions that will include myself, that will include police leadership, including Chief O'Shea, that uh, can include uh, aldermen and members of our Fire and Police Commission. And remember, we have three members of the Fire and Police Commission. Right now, those members are uh, Jessica Jones, uh, Pastor Maurice West Sr., and uh, Sam Schmidt. Uh, so we will do these listening sessions so people will be able to bring their stories and voice their concerns, uh, uh, specifically around uh, any interactions that they've had with police, either here or wherever they've lived prior, but also their interactions with the city as a whole, uh, because we know, uh, yes, that the priority right now is on policing, but we know we have room for improvement in a host of areas. So we want to make sure that we capture those and we holistically address this issue so that every single person in our community uh, can live in an equitable and just city. Um, these conversations, of course, very important, and they're going to be limited because of space, but will that information be transparent or will it just be filed or somewhere? The group that came forward to me uh, has asked that several of the sessions be private. Now, what that means is some of these stories are incredibly sensitive. Um, people are, will be sharing very personal uh, and heavy stories, and they may not feel comfortable coming forward in a public setting. So uh, out of respect for them, uh, several of the sessions will be private. There will also be public sessions. From these sessions, we will take common themes that we hear and create action items to address those common themes, very much uh, similar to the process that we went through to create structural change and how we deal with domestic violence uh, survivors as well as uh, their children. So when we dealt with that, we listened to domestic violence survivors uh, in a private setting. We created a, a document, which we called the GAP document, which is on our city site. It's about 17, 20-page document. And then we literally created action items to address each and every one of those gaps. 
Obviously, one of the ones, one of the big gaps that have came forward that gets a lot of publicity is the Family Peace Center uh, that we are developing and should be opening this summer. Uh, I should say, will be opening this summer. Uh, the second gap we found is that uh, about 70% of all the violent, uh, uh, 70% of all juveniles that we've arrested for violent crimes have come from homes where domestic violence was prevalent. So they, uh, they have been experiencing this trauma. Uh, and so we need to address that trauma at a younger age. Uh, and so we have actually hired a staff member. Uh, her name is Annie Hobson, where she's going to be actually getting into the community. She's getting into the schools to work with our youth to help address that trauma that they've experienced. And you probably agree with me that there's two phases to this. One is getting everybody to talk. The second most important part is everybody to listen. Yeah, and I guess I would add a third phase. Uh, I mean, yes, we definitely need to talk, and everyone needs to have the opportunity to have a seat at the table, either privately or publicly, whichever one they feel best with. Uh We always definitely have to be listening so that people are actually heard. But the third phase, we need to act. Uh, we need to, uh, where we see changes needed, we need to be uh, ready, willing, uh, and ready and willing to take quick action because I, I think a number of folks in our community uh, are sick and tired of just talking. Right. And, you know, action is the hardest part, but that's where we get the most benefits, too, for everyone, all of our citizens. Well, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, learning something every day living in these times, and not just in Rockford, but any day, anywhere. Uh, we all can open up our eyes and learn something new every day. So Certainly. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time to be with you this morning. Always a pleasure. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line, or subscribe to the podcast at Rockford radio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.